everybody. We are back. Welcome to another episode of More Than the Title. I'm your host, as usual, Jared Thomas, Chief Revenue Officer at Outside the Box Digital. And you know I got my brother, my brethren, your favorite CEO's favorite CEO that way. <laughs> That's my brother, Chad Eo. Sometimes I'm on the left, sometimes I'm on the right. For the audio listeners, you would have laughed. All right? <laughs> but Chad Eo, what's good, baby? Hey, we in the building, man. Happy to be here, man. Another episode. And um, I want to just say this has been such an amazing season for us, man. Yeah. This has been such an amazing season for us, the growth and the journey. I'm just excited from where we started at, at you know, at this point, season four, from where we started and, and to where we are at this moment. It's just, you know, thank you to everybody that, that's helped us grow, man. This show is turning into something beautiful. Absolutely, man. We're growing and glowing because of you guys. So first off, we're going to give a shout out to you guys, the listeners, the subscribers, the followers. We're growing week over week across every platform is because of your support. Thank you for showing love and resharing the clips, loving the clips, the feedback you give us. All of that's valuable. And we truly appreciate you guys from the bottom of our hearts. And if you guys want more exclusive content like more than title, make sure you download the live podcast app. All episodes are up on there now. Make sure you support your favorite creators. Hopefully that's us. And we're in the building, (laughs) y'all. So support a creator, baby. Support us. And, you know, and also shout out to our exclusive, uh, our 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 executive producer team, Real Block Pictures. Shout out to John. Shout out to Dave. Shout out to the entire team. We really appreciate y'all. A lot of new looks coming. And we've got a special, special guest. With that said, hold on, hold on. Where's my sound? Where's my sound? Let's start the show. <laughs> there we go. Let's get it going, y'all. Let's get it going. So we we actually have a great relationship with this brother right here. He's the co-founder and CEO of Social, which is an NYC-based technology startup offering AI-powered software for generating organic social engagement. Between 2013 and 2018, he was the co-founder and community development lead at GoFaces, a Geneva-based startup for public deliberation and citizen engagement with activity at the European Parliament, the United Nations, and Switzerland and United Kingdom. In recognition for his impact in digital communications field, he was nominated Forbes Europe 30 Under 30 list in law and policy in 2017 and Forbes Romania 30 Under 30 list in 2018. He's an active entrepreneur, uh, media community such as uh, TEDx speaker and one Young World Peace Ambassador, juror for the European Youth Award and a member of the National Press Club in Washington, D.C. Let's give a warm welcome from our guest, Tudor Metalescu. We didn't kill it. We didn't kill it. Tudor, man, it's a pleasure and honor to have you on, man. How are you? Good. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, you guys, for having me. And may I just say, I it's uh, it's no surprise that you guys are growing so much. It it shows that you're doing this uh, from from your heart and uh, the way you connect with. With 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 people you invite on the show like me, or and also with uh, with, with your community, is really really cool to see. So thanks for having me. That means a lot. No, it means yeah. a lot. Likewise, Thank you for being baby. on the show, man. Thank you for yeah, because we're 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 fans of you. You know what I mean. And this is what this platform. We're we're honored and blessed to have a platform where we could have cool people doing cool things and sharing their stories, man. So just knowing you outside off camera, man, and when we've what we've done with you so far. It, it was only right for us to have you on the show, brother, and hear your story. So I, I'm excited to hear because your accolades are insane, man. Your accolades, man. You you've done a lot in this industry, brother. So let's let's start with your upbringing, man. Let's talk about um, you know, you growing up and how kind of you got into the industry. Oh, uh, so th- there's one experience I had when I was little that actually uh, influenced everything I've done since. Uh, so I'm actually l- left-handed. 
but I was forced to write with my right hand in school. I grew up in Romania just after the uh, the communist uh, 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 the communist regime fell, right? Oh, so um, and a lot of things were, were, were changing. And uh, one of the, when a lot of things are changing, there's also a lot of, uh, a lot of constraints. One of it was this old uh, school mentality of everyone should write with their right hand. Uh, mm -hmm. And as a lefty, I was actually forced to write with my, uh, uh, my right hand. Wow. And that was really a, a, a weird experience because um, I couldn't, for a very long time, I couldn't actually write by hand at all. Uh, and I stammered for a while. People who are familiar with the King's Speech, that movie uh, about the, 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 the British king who stammered, uh, they probably know about this. It's actually, it's a very common, uh, that was uh, uh, Elizabeth's queen, Elizabeth's dad. Uh, so they're familiar with this. If you force a left-handed person to write with their right hand, their brain is rewired. So they, they stammer, they cannot write well anymore, and so on. So wow. I went through this, and uh, instinctively, I've, uh, I have a lot of empathy, and I feel a personal mission around helping people express themselves better. Right? I, I have this thing of there's a lot of people out there, who out there who have amazing things to say, but because they cannot express them easily, no one hears them. Mm. Whereas on the other side, there's a lot of people there who the only thing they know is to speak. They don't necessarily have interesting things to say, mm. but everyone listens to them because their talent is communicating. Message. <laughs> <laughs> it was on something. I had this. I had to hit you with one. But you know, as you're saying that, how were you able to express yourself in Romania? What was that like growing up, brother? Like, what kind of resources did you have? I mean, so for a very long time, I, I tried to. I mean, in school, the way how you do things is you need to write by hand, right? Mm -hmm. That's your main way of expressing yourself. It doesn't really matter what you, what you think. And like, as long as you're able to express yourself by hand in a fast way, then you, you get good grades. And I, I really struggled at that because I could barely write. Uh, so um, once, once I finished high school, I, uh, I, st I, went, uh, I went abroad, I went to Switzerland, I started, uh, uh, I started uh, uh, studying politics because it was really uh, um, an interesting going back to that mission of, okay, how do you channel people's uh, uh, wishes to their elected representatives? Mm. Uh, when I was in, in, in Switzerland, I also started my first startup, which was a social network for politics that was connecting citizens to politicians through question and answer sessions. Um, and that's, that's how my, my tech uh, uh, career basically started. Wow. I've always been passionate and fascinated by technology and by how it can make people's lives better. So combining with the, uh, this um, mission of anything that I, uh, I really care a lot about, which is helping people better express themselves. It led to basically everything I've done since. Wow. I mean, I, wow. I want to dive deep into the fact that you were so young and already starting up your own companies. I want to dive into that, but I have to, I have to backtrack for a minute because you've actually really, really sparked something within my curiosity i have two sons both of them are natural lefties natural lefties right 
although I didn't force them to write with their right hand, I did foster an ambidextrous mm. environment where I made them use both hands, right? I'm ambidextrous. I do a lot of things with my left, but I'm predominantly right-handed. Mm. But I never knew what you just said about the rewiring of their brain. I, I, that's something very interesting to me. Does that only work from a person that's naturally lefty to force them right-handed or does that work for right-handed people into left-handed? I'm just curious because, and I'm going to give you another example why. My youngest son had to have surgery on his thumb, hmm. which required them to put a full cast on his hand. That stopped him from using that hand. So he had the, you understand? Yep. But now I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out could that have been a detriment to his learning abilities or learning capacity? That this is something new for me that I, I really want to understand. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not a medical professional, so <laughs> I understand. But the fact that you even brought it up is information. Yeah, have an understanding of it. Right. Sure. There's a lot of natural lefties in this world, and yeah. I'm, if I didn't know it. I'm not because I don't know everything, but I'm pretty sure a lot of people probably have never heard what you just said. So I'm just trying to think about how to give them some insight because maybe somebody's going through what you understand. Because my kids are younger than you, right? So technically my kids went through what you went through. So you see the cycle repeat. So I'm pretty sure there's kids now younger than my sons that are maybe going through the same type of a situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. What are your son's names, by the way? So my oldest, his name is Chad Jr., CJ. Uh mm -hmm. He'll be 22 uh, this month, uh, December, and my youngest, his name is Shane. He'll be 15 December. They're they're a week and a half apart. Uh, wow. Yeah, that that that's great to 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 know. Your but, timing is crazy. Huh? A week apart? That's crazy. The well, timing. <laughs> funny because that's real. DJ's birthday is 12 12 01, and Shane's birthday is 12 1 08. So they're like seven years, but a week. They're both sages. They're back to. That means that means January, February, when it gets That's cold, it. get my ass out the house and see. yeah, he likes to cuddle in January. That's, That's what, <laughs> he likes That's to a cuddle. Month. It's a great month. <laughs> that means cuffing season for me, clearly. <laughs> it's first quarter Q1. I need to be getting to some work instead of getting to the he's, he's sealing them deals. He's sealing them deals. <laughs> he's potting. That boy is potting. But you know, as you say that too, um, uh, Tudor, what I'm thinking too, bro, what kind of like, so you went, you, you went abroad, right? Like what resources did you have to go abroad? Was it like a funded program? Was it something like that? Because I'm just trying to understand growing up in Romania, you rewired your brain and I'm pretty sure you, you're of like the 1% there, right? Like most people don't have the same opportunities and access that you might've had. So I'm just curious to know about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a uh, yeah. That's a that's a great question. But go, going back uh, uh, to 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 the previous question, I just want to make sure I answer that too. So okay, I don't. My to my knowledge, uh, there's benefits to rewiring the brain, but it also it's also a matter of how you do it. Mm. Right. And also whether you actually understand. So there's people who want to become ambidextrous, right? When when playing sports, for instance. Right. Right. So they want and they do that. But I think the problem in is when it's forced. Because it's very abrupt. Uh, 
at least in my case, I can only speak about my case, right? So mm -hmm. what happened once I, I, I started using my, my, my right hand is I couldn't see letters for a few months. Wow. Wow. At all, right? So the pages were just, I couldn't see anything. They were just, uh, 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 I, it was just uh, one big letter. And then I started writing from backwards, uh, like uh, from uh, from right to left rather than the other way around. And then I also had stammering issues for, uh, for a while. Wow. Wow. And right, yeah, and right even, to left. Wow. Even sometimes uh, it's... Uh, when I started re reading more about what this means, and uh, then I actually remembered that I did when I did go to, uh, I took sessions where uh, um, I went to a, to, a, to a specialist, and they were teaching me how to to overcome uh, uh, my stammer issue. But I I didn't always have it. It just came, and then it gradually went away uh, i still have that from time to time mm. but yeah i can only speak about my own experience as i said i'm not a medical practitioner but i know that it has an influence and obviously it's you can also think of the benefits because obviously being able to use both sides of your brain uh, then can can present certain uh, certain advantages Absolutely. Uh, but still that's that's where my mission comes from uh, i do believe that like we everyone is receives a certain set of challenges it's just a matter of what you do with them right so like if you try if you use those as 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 uh, opportunities to become better uh, at things you're doing and in my case this actually turned into a mission and uh, uh, certain advantages for instance i'll tell you one uh, i have a very good memory because not being able to take notes i had to listen Intent mm. for a very long time. At one point, I stopped taking notes because I couldn't, and mm. then I just trained my like my my ability to absorb information by just seeing and listening. Message. Mm. Mm. Uh, that so good. that's that's one like if every person has a superpower, I think that's that's probably mine. I I, I tend to remember things uh, quite well because I was basically forced to do that because I couldn't write that easy. Yeah. The, the gem there is turning a disadvantage into an advantage. Yeah, but that but see that I understand because that's what the human body does, right? Mm -hmm. Because your your body is based on the five senses of taking in information. If you take one sense away or one ability to process information, oh, the know. body copes with it and enhances the rest of them. Yeah, a lot of people go through that. Like blind people have phenomenal hearing and sense of smell, and I see that I've heard of that I've heard of. So that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. But it's also a matter of how you channel this, right? So, right. for instance, uh, like if if this is meant to be, if people choose to develop both sides, they can always stop and say, "Okay, so I've done this," or they can they can nurture both of them. But when you're in a place where you're like you cannot write, because in school the way this works is you're being taught to write with one hand. So if that is being denied to you, you basically are forced to just use the other hand, right? So that's, yeah. that's it's not a you're it's basically compulsory in a way. So that's why. Wow. Yeah, I definitely haven't haven't heard from that from that way, brother. And I would love to to go back to the, to the other question, man. As far as your mm -hmm. your resources growing up in Romania and and you being able to travel abroad. So like, yeah. did you have like both parents in your life? Did they did they fund the trip? Did you have a scholarship? Like, how does that work, brother? 
Yeah, so um, my family uh, is a middle class Romanian family, which means not that many resources. Obviously, the, the average salary was then at the time quite low. It's in the meantime, it's increased quite a bit. Okay. But I was so my parents definitely didn't have the means to for me to go and study anywhere else. Uh, but uh, I was I was lucky uh, that my uncle uh, uh, was uh, developed uh, like a uh, he was uh, uh, developed his own business. Uh, he also had some political experience, and uh, he put aside some money. And then we had a, a, a chat right after I finished my bachelor's, and he was uh, asking, "Hey, you know, I, I spent some time abroad. It opened my mind. Uh, you should do that too." And I was like, "Well, I don't have the means to do that." And it was a really interesting chat because he said, "Okay, I have some money. It won't be enough for two years of masters. You only have one year. Mm. But if I give you this money, you'll have to find a way after that first year to continue sustaining yourself. You have it's limited time. You have one shot. Mm. You either take it or you blew it." Um, and I ended up taking it, ha having no idea what I was going to do in the second year. And also in a country like Switzerland, where if you don't have money, they send you home. Like there is no, like Switzerland is this, like, so they're not part of the European Union. It's its own entity. And you know, everyone puts their money in Switzerland, right? So That's like, yeah, if you have your, if you have money, you stay, if not, you just go home. So it's very easy to, um, and in that first year, I, I studied a lot uh, because I knew I had one shot. And by the end of that year, I actually ended up getting a scholarship that uh, that then allowed me to stay for a second year. But during mm. that year, I, mm. I knew that that was that only shot. And that, that's come up multiple times since also when, when, when starting SOSHA, which is this idea of I have one shot, I have one way. I just need to make this work because there's no other options. Like, you go on uh, as you're saying. I'm sitting there thinking of eight math. Doom, 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 doom. <laughs> you got one shot. Like that's real, man. Because some people would have blew that shot, man. Some yeah. people would have blown that shot, man. You took your shot, and with, with not, it didn't even sound like you had a plan. You're just like, man, I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna just bust my ass. I'm gonna work. I'm gonna work my ass off to get what I need to do. And and that's the message, brother. You believed and bet on yourself, and that's our mantra here. The, the crazy thing is, it, it's. It amazes me that you can be so focused coming from a, a situation that made you technically relearn focus. Yeah. Like, do you understand what That's he said right. to you? Like, his brain had to rewire and reprogram and kind of reteach yourself how to think and to go from that to being like laser guided focus. I think is amazing. It really is. It really is, man. Amazing. And what, what was your bachelor's in, brother, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, sure. Yeah. So I studied political science. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, then uh, uh, when I was in uh, in Switzerland, I studied international history and politics. So it was very similar. Uh, but that's when I also I also started uh, the uh, like uh, 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 co-founded uh, the first uh, company. Uh, so then moved, used that knowledge to basically then move into tech and uh See, that's because that's, as you say, I'm thinking that, like you have the, the political experience, but where did the tech come in? Hmm. Um, that's an interesting, uh, so I, I grew up around computers because my, my dad was a programmer. Uh, uh -huh. So I was used to seeing computers around. Uh, but I think 
I just now I'm 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 just trying to go back and understand where. So I think the reason why I hung on to to the political side is because it seemed like an easy way for me to actually empower people to have a voice. Uh, so that was the first thing. Like my 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 uncle was uh, was doing politics uh, in Romania at the time, so that's why I had an example there. So I was like, yeah, like uh, I can I can then learn more about it. Um, I think the tech side of it came in because I I think when I moved to Geneva, I uh, I got to meet this cool group of people. Two of them were American. Uh, the other one was Swiss. We're building the social network for politics, and I thought it was really cool. Uh, and then I just jumped in and uh, then started learning about what it was like to be a tech entrepreneur on basically by working with them. Um, but I don't. Before that, I don't think I ever had this trajectory of I want to be a tech entrepreneur and do tech. I I don't remember that. I just think it was just blended. Uh, yeah. It was a zigzag. Um, yeah, so. no, hey, nothing wrong with zigzag, and that was a great zigzag. I'm looking at it right now. You, you gov is on the is on the um, the British um, the stock market, isn't it? Oh no, no. So it's called Gov Faces. It off actually it's it's uh, it's offline. Uh, it didn't. Uh, it lived for a few years, but then it, uh, we had to shut it down. Uh, yeah, because mm, that's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. Um, you seem like a, a very, very intelligent guy. And I don't think that you would waste your time, um, you know, and create something that would not work. You seem like a person that is very tedious, very calculated. So my question was, when you came out with the initial um, business, which is the, the bringing the, you know, the politics to the people, what, what happened with that that kind of made you pivot? Because you could have done both because this was your baby and your friends were kind of developing this. So you could have kind of did your own thing and kind of dibble dabbled in what they did, but what made you just transition totally? Like what happened with the first company? I mean, so I think that's probably one of my weaknesses. I'm very stubborn. Uh, like, so it's, I'm not really, there's a lot of entrepreneurs who are very, it's very easy for them to move from one thing to another. Like my, the way I'm thinking, once I choose one thing, I do it until it happens. So it's kind of like. <laughs> That's a message. <laughs> it's more like I'm very, I'm actually quite, uh, I, uh, I try to, to, because there's a lot of entrepreneurs who are, uh, are very good at working uh, on, on something for a couple of months. They do it, they try it, they figure it out very easily that it works or it doesn't work. They move into, they move on to another thing. I, I, I guess once I choose something, I'm just like, I'll do this until it happens. Um, with this one, there were uh, a couple of things. So at the same time, I, I'm hesitant to say that this was my first company because uh, I was doing it at the same time with my PhD. Mm. So I wasn't, Socha is the first time where I went full time on something with nothing aside, just doing it. Uh, Gut Faces was, uh, uh, I started it. Uh, I'm one of the co-founders in Gut Faces, but I was doing it uh, alongside my PhD. Um, so that's why it wasn't fully a founder experience. Mm. Uh, I learned a lot about building tech. I learned a lot about building communities. I learned a lot about social media. Um, mm. 
and we also raised a little bit of money. I also uh, learned a lot about why it's important to monetize. So there are a lot of uh -huh. learning points there, but I, I still wouldn't uh, put it as, uh, as, as really it. I think that doing, being a tech entrepreneur full time and building something from scratch uh, where you're fully focused is a totally different experience. No, absolutely. That then because you just said a lot of lessons that you learned. What was the biggest lesson that you learned from GovFaces that helped you with social? Oh, so there is it's so there is two ways of building tech. One is one approach is called the, the cathedral, and the one the other one is called the bazaar. Uh, the cathedral is the Apple way. Okay. So you spend a year or two years and it's driven by a visionary founder. And then when it's unveiled, it's perfect. Mm. Right. So everything falls into press. At least that's the theory of it. The bazaar is the Facebook approach where you build something, you build a little, you, you give it to users, you get their feedback and you build a little bit more. Then you give mm. it back to them for feedback. You build a little bit more and you don't know it's a bazaar because you don't know exactly how it's going to shape up. You know you have a grand vision, but you're actually building it in very, very short sprints based on customer feedback. And you don't mm -hmm. know exactly where it's going to end up or what path, right? So you know you have a vision, but you don't know what path you're going to get there, right? Yeah. Um, and with GovFaces, we actually, we built more like a cathedral. We we did some customer feedback sessions, but then we, 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 uh, we took close to a year to build a platform. And then when we launched it, our users only used one feature. Oh, yeah. Wow. But it sounded great in theory, a social network for politics. It had this, it had this. Uh, but in the end, it just our, our users were only using a, a, a question and answer uh, uh, system that basically allowed people to answer questions to their electeds. That could have been just a small widget that we launched thread in a full platform. Wow. But, <laughs> so that, that was one of my biggest lessons. Uh, and we, we, we actually, the way we, we started social was literally just in very, very small sprints. So what I call from it, listen to your customers, right? Yeah. Well, it's a different, it's a different journey. Um, yeah, exactly. You're starting from scratch. Um, Apple at this point, even when they uh, unveiled the first iPhone, remember Apple comes from Macintosh. They, they had already been an established company for years already, building, mm -hmm. marketing, so they could take that approach. They had the equity, they had the, you know, the, the, the capital, the, all that. Apple, they had the lines of everything to bring it from production all the way straight to market. Mm -hmm. You didn't. So that was a little different. I got a question for you. Um, um, in Europe, they have these. Um, I can't remember the name. Jared, help me out. Who's that? Um, remember the guy at um, Cultura, New York, that oh. built the machine that goes in your mouth to help make the music. You know what I'm talking um, about? I know what you're talking I'm sorry. Come on, man. <laughs> We're not doing that. The fans, the fans would not allow me to get away with that. He said, yo, the drink with his nah, bro. Yeah, but that's what it is. But no, is that not what it is? I do remember okay, that. Okay. I didn't like the tone. <laughs> All right. In, in Europe, he said that there are these, these brainstorming cultures. Mm -hmm. Um 
where I don't I can't remember the name of it. That's why I said Jared help me out. Yeah, I can't I know exactly what's crazy. Brainstorming culture, right? Say a guy like you, Tudor, you have an idea, you're a scientist, another guy might be a mathematician, another guy might be whatever, right? A physicist. They go to these big brainstorming like sessions, and you guys get together in groups or whatever and just throw ideas around. You know what I mean? Um, and then that kind of helps you to develop what your idea is because now you can talk to other people that can say well to make that happen you would have to do this and do that and then you're like yeah i, I can't do that and like, well maybe you should try this i can't remember the name of it but did you actually um think about doing something like that um for social after the fact that you've had gov faces go through what it went through yeah so i think i'm not sure exactly what they referred uh to by saying that but there is a big difference between now that I get to build a business in the U.S., which is what I wanted mm -hmm. uh, for very specific reasons. We can also get into that. But uh, one of the biggest differences between Europeans and, and Americans is that Europeans, they're very good at reflecting. And that's why the French are the best have the best philosophers in the world. They're not action oriented. Like Europeans indeed, like brainstorm about a lot of things. They think of what would happen, what wouldn't happen, yeah. but they're not that action oriented. Whereas I feel that in, in, in the States, people are much more focused on, okay, what can we do? Like, can we do something? Can we get straight to action and we'll figure it out around the way? It's like, it's much more of a risk taking culture <clears throat> when Europeans are much more risk averse, uh, mm. much yeah, more. Like to deliberate rather than actually do things. Uh, Makes sense. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. I think you could effectively call that like a think tank. Yeah, in a way. Yeah. yeah. Think session. Uh, right? Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, with with social, like it was also because like when I started the company, I was just a break, uh, uh, a broke PhD student. I actually had to uh, get some money from friends. Uh, and then I, I know that I knew that I didn't have the time to actually reflect and deliberate <laughs> because like, <laughs> like actually I need to, I need to do stuff because, uh, yeah. Right. So yeah, pay bill. Really, um, I think that kind of, uh, place where, you know, that very few people who don't, who have the kind of resources you have actually end up doing something successful because you're like. You don't have the money. You've never done entrepreneurship. You didn't come from a place of studying finance or doing consulting or yeah. like none of that pedigree. And then you want to do something that is very like uh, action oriented. You like you just like it's uh, you move and do things. And then yeah. Wow. And as you say that too. Why come to the U.S.? I, obviously, because of capital and things like that and the opportunity in the U.S., but why not stay in the European market to get things off the ground? So part of the journey, as I was telling you, so this mission of mine that of helping people better express themselves actually led me to studying speech writing. So I actually did mm. a PhD on how American presidents write their speeches. Wow. They don't. So, I, uh, <laughs> so they don't prepare. <laughs> I mean, they write them by paying somebody else to write them. <laughs> so, yeah, but there is a reason for that. So actually studied, like, the, the idea behind this is, okay, how does a person speak on behalf of an entire government? 
Mm. What happens, what goes behind the scenes? Because it's not the person who speaks, it's the president who speaks. And how mm. do those different filters of information come about? And it's actually, there's hundreds and hundreds of people who have their hand in one presidential speech. It's actually, it's fascinating to, to look. Mm. And I looked at all of those things, like how, how does a speech come about? Like looking at multiple drafts, like a hundred different drafts happen from multiple places until one speech is being delivered. Uh, so I, uh, and based on that, I came to the US. I mean, the, the idea behind it was I wanted to see how the most powerful voice in the world is built. That was really the, the, the instinctive, wow. uh, uh, this instinctive drive here. But I ended up spending a significant amount of time in the US, including one year in DC uh, uh, at the School of Media and Public Affairs at George Washington University, and then meeting with presidential speechwriters, going from library to library to see these drafts, uh, um, texts. So for a bit of context, every president has a presidential library where they host all of the paperwork that was produced by the entire administration. So you can go in there and just look at the different things that you're interested in uh, and then put these pieces together. And I was just looking at these speech drafts, also doing uh, speaking to the people who actually write the speeches them to the, for the president. That's wow. actually that's actually big for them. They actually look forward to doing that because it doesn't happen until the end of their tenure. And then yes. they, get to, yeah. they get to decide where that library is built. And, and yeah. that's actually one of their like staples of like, this is my legacy and I get to leave this thing behind. And those buildings are fascinating. I've done some a lot of research on it. That's how I knew that it's more than one speech writer. Cause I used to um, do a lot of like politics and debating in, 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 um, in high school. Oh, um, nice. And we learned about that, right? That that's why, that's why as soon as you said it, like how the president write or he doesn't. The team writes it. <laughs> he might cross out a line or two or something, but but what you said was so powerful. Um, I just want to just reiterate what you said. You said, I came to America because I wanted to learn how the most influential person in the world writes his speeches. And I'm going to tell you something. When you said that, man, I just felt like... You had my curiosity. But now you have my attention. Because that was, that was powerful, Tudor. Like... It, it again, like I told Jared before you came on the show, I said, Yo, this dude, we when we realized you were 30 under 30, and I said, We knew you were successful. I said, This dude has a PhD already. Remember, Jared, we talked about this. I said, This guy has his PhD already. That is not something they just hand out. Yeah, like, this guy's smart for real. Yeah. You know what I mean? So to hear you say something like that and get up and leave where you grew up where is your hometown yeah. where you have already opened up a company where you have already started your journey to success to get up and move to another country that you absolutely have no idea technically what it is like to live there is amazing to me like it just again shows your your testament to dedicating yourself when you are focused on something you like i don't care it's all or nothing i love it yeah man Thank you. I appreciate it. I would I I would say that if I was to decide on doing a PhD again, I'd probably not. I know you wait for <laughs> Listen, you know you know that's my segue, but I'm not gonna do it. 
I'm not <laughs> going to do it. We, we always you know hear about this. Segue. You know that's my segue. You, you might as well let them know. You might as well. <laughs> Long story short, one of the one of my biggest issues is the collegiate school system in general and the fact that most people, most people go to school, spend money, end up in enormous debt, credit card debt, student loan debt, and never end up working in the industry that they studied in. It almost becomes a complete waste of time for you to do that, right? Sidebar, right? Me being a formally educated person, I went to college. But see, I went to college after I was already successful. I didn't need to go to college to become successful. I did it to be a role model for my sons. I didn't go to college and, and get my degrees until I was 30 plus already. I had already had the house. I had already had a six-figure income and blah, blah, blah. I did it to just show my boys it's never too late to go back and start learning. But that's my segue, that a lot of people get these educations and come out in these huge amounts of debt and then don't even work in the field that they studied in. Yeah. Yeah, I think, <clears throat> I think you're totally right. So, like, the problem is all of these, like, one of <clears throat> the things I've realized is there's a lot of status symbols that you can accumulate. They don't really mean much. Uh, <clears throat> so if I were to go back again now with the knowledge I have, I would probably just start entrepreneurship from the beginning. Uh, yeah. You don't need like, so the amount of work you do to like to spend so many years like studying something without, if you can actually use those things to do something that has an impact, I actually think, at least to me, is much actually much much more beneficial. Um, yeah. So that's I mean like I I I I think the things I've done helped me to be where I am now. Uh, but I definitely just want to say that there is uh, there is different paths to 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 get to impact, not necessarily having to study all the way through all of these levels. Uh, there's some people who don't need to study at all. And even to and make things that are super impactful. That's it. And there you go. You get a double. <laughs> how do you how do you choose these? these? <laughs> it's we totally random. So don't ask us to give away the sauce. It, it, it's okay. like the Big Mac sauce. You just like it. I don't know. <laughs> like you, you just know when you order the burger, they're gonna put it on there, and then that's what because makes they're it. never the same, and they're always on on point. So like. This is episode number 40 or 50. <laughs> We've been doing these things. <laughs> no, you know, let me tell you, Tudor. Um, think about what you just said as far as your business, right? And that was a perfect example of college versus what we consider on-the-job training, right? And a mm -hmm. true an apprenticeship. You said Apple does the cathedral approach. They do it. They brainstorm a year or two, try to perfect what they think the community or the market once present it. It's perfect. Take it or leave it. Right. You did that, came up with 20 features. They said we like one. Technically, what it took to develop those 19 other features were a complete waste of time. You could have took that same time and, and redesigned that one feature and made it from this big good to phenomenal. But we, yeah, right now, you know, I'm about to give you a bell. I'm about to give you I'm a bell. You're partying, you're partying, baby. No, I'm just saying, right? Because, because that's technically the book learning of it, you did the book learning of it instead of the actual practical application. Now with social, you said, now nah, we're not going to do that. Or with your next part, you said, we're not going to do that. We're going to build a little, test a little, 
build a little, test a little, right? Because you're bringing a product forward that the people want, or you want the people to use. So if you're not using the people's input, then you're wasting your time. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And if you, if you could talk to it too, I would love for our listeners to understand what goes into developing, developing a tech product. Right. Because you got to have devs. There's so many moving pieces. I don't know if you were actually, you know, a dev yourself that you were actually implementing and actually building this thing out. But one wrong mistake can change everything and can be very costly. So what was the process like to start social and build it? Yeah, I think so. If you so the approach, I, just, I feel like you just like, man, I remember a mistake I made. But the cool thing with doing a little and then giving it to users is you find out about your mistakes very early. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the difference, and I've learned a lot, right? So in between, like the when 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 GovFaces failed, I finished my PhD, then I tried to start another company, and then I, uh, 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 it was a mixed match with the co-founder. But also, I think I was actually quite arrogant then in terms of like I have this vision and I'll do it, which was was still like out of touch. Uh, and then uh, when that one didn't work out, uh, I think that's when I also learned to be humble. That's when I learned that being humble in entrepreneurship actually helps you a lot, which is assuming that you don't know anything mm. and that you're you're trying to actually find out what 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 the users want. So how the process of starting social was basically me saying, I have some knowledge here. I know how writing happens i've learned a lot about social networks Mm. and i want to use these learning points from this phd from my previous engagement experience from social networking and see whether i can build a product that helps people better express themselves Mm. but i didn't know what i was going to build Right. I, I knew I wanted to solve this need of helping people better express themselves with technology, but I didn't have an idea in mind what I was going to create. And then as I started learning about problems that people had, I ended up stumbling on this need. I've realized that a lot of orgs are trying to get their community members to post things online. And they were using Excel sheets and Google Docs. Yeah. Uh, and that resonated with me. I was like, oh, okay, so they have these communities and they want them to share something that is valuable for the org, just like the president does for the government. And they're trying to do that speech writing for them in a very analog way with Excel sheets and Google Docs. Maybe there's a problem here to solve. So that's mm. that's really how this started, leading to, to where Socha is today. Uh, But it was very incremental and step-by-step. And then uh, learning that the first objective was, okay, can we build something better than a a Google Doc that we can give to these people to share? And the the, the barrier was quite low. And that was our first product. It was basically one share page with posts already drafted that an organization can give their community members so that they could tweet them out. That was really, and that was already 10 times better than a, than an Excel sheet or a Google Doc. And so that was the first iteration. Yeah, it took two days to build. Oh, my goodness. Um, 
Hold on, that deserves a bell. <laughs> that deserves a bell. It's a true. Sosha is sounding like a true beta tested product. It's a true beta tested product. And any dev loves beta testing. It gives you the ability to say, this is where we are and build a community by releasing it to people that not only want it, but they're expecting it. And they feel exclusive that they are now a part of the process of helping this thing develop into what it's going to be because you're using their feedback and it allows you to make a mistake and not get crucified for it. Absolutely. You know, you know, we had a guest on season one Twitter. His name is Arjun Rai. He created Hello Woofy, which is a social media network. It's like it's like Hootsuite. It's a competitor to Hootsuite and a, and a partner, right? So they allow you to social, you know, social media management, schedule your post out, create campaigns and whatnot, right? He actually started his community by allowing the people who were the first users of the platform to invest into the platform. So those yeah. people also have equity in the platform. So they're giving real-time feedback using it, and then they're helping make new iterations of the product, and they're building a community around this thing. And it really allowed him to really scale efficiently the way he is now, where he's a partner of, of Hootsuite and things like that. Like that could be something that I don't know if you've probably can say, I'm pretty sure you have, but that's really cool to do to give them an opportunity to be on the ground level and to see this thing become the Apple. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to this point, crowdsourcing too. You can use that as crowdsourced funding. Crowdsourced funding. Exactly what he did. Yeah, you exactly can use what he that did. as crowdsourced funding to actually help you get your first round of investments to help you build out your product. And it's the people. It's the actual customers. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So I'll say. So I don't think we had a choice. Uh, we actually had to do it incrementally because mm -hmm. there were a couple of things. So yeah. actually going to the vision side of it. Okay. Another vision element here was when I finished my PhD, I actually Googled AI for speech writing mm -hmm. and I stumbled upon this researcher guy who in 2016 had built an algorithm to write speeches. And I started speaking to him. He now became my co-founder. But so, but the idea here, the idea here was, yeah, he was, he was one of the first people who developed an algorithm to write speeches before generative AI, right? So generative AI wasn't even a term in 2016. Uh, but and for, for the non-tech savvy, that's generative AI is what we're talking about, like chat GPT, right. the more mainstream guys. So if you're thinking that the before chat GPT, this gentleman actually created an algorithm that could create a speech and understand your pattern and things like that. So my, my bad, I just wanted to break that down. Yeah, and so, but the, the thing is here, so that was the vision. How mm. do, can we use technology and artificial intelligence to help people, to help people better express themselves? Mm. Now, the, and do this in the US. So you were asking about this earlier. Uh, when I moved to, to Washington, um, that was really, in the US, it was for the first time where I felt that someone like me who works hard enough can actually make anything possible. Like mm. there's so, and I lived in different places. I lived in Switzerland, I lived in Belgium, I lived in the UK, I lived in Amsterdam in, in the Netherlands, uh wow. Austria. The United States was the only place in the world where I felt like if you have big enough ambitions and you're willing to put in the work. You can get to where you want to be. Message. Mm. Uh, mm. And 
Oh, hold on, Tudor. That, that was a bar. You you can't fly past that. That, that that's almost crazy. like what the fuck the Statue of Liberty was brought over here to to do to to do exactly what you to make you come here and be inspired to be like, I can be whatever the fuck I wanted to be, and that do is, whatever I want to do. The that, American that, dream. That's amazing that you've lived in so many. In Switzerland is absolutely beautiful. Let me tell you right now. Geneva, there's a lot of places that if I was over there, I wouldn't bring my ass back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm no fucking New York. <laughs> not by steppings. <laughs> we can't do it. I'm not going to lie to you. That, you know, Europe is absolutely beautiful. You understand? Nice. There are a lot of places in Europe that are just so serene, just so just wow. That, you know, you know what I mean? But like you said, you came here. And it was just the feeling, I guess, the atmosphere, the, the, the culture, the just it just made you believe. You can't even really put that into words, right? It's really like a feeling. But but it's also, but I was gonna say, it's also the capital because the same yeah. way you bet on yourself in school, right? You know, yeah. if I come over here and bust my ass, anything is possible. That that's really what it boils down to. You understood yeah. that, and then you went full force with it, brother. Yeah. And like that's insane. And to meet that person, yeah. to have the generative AI. You did your research. You did your homework. You okay. made sure you crossed the, you know, your T's. You dotted your eyes, brother. Like, like you said earlier, we, we, I give you kudos, man, to be wow. that calculated. Because wow. my my question was going to be, how the hell did you take the learnings from DC from the speechwriters and actually make it that? And you basically answered. You found the guy, and then you just implemented it. I mean, I can put it the other way. How can you be that stupid? Because like mm. the. The challenges, like, so the reason why I'm saying we didn't have a chance to build it iteratively, because if someone looked at us then, two dudes with no really entrepreneurship experience, like Vanden had worked at startups, but never in a co-founder position, and I coming from academia and a mix of entrepreneurship, but no hard financial or any kind of experience like that, in Europe, wanting to do AI, which at the moment, most investors told us that it was too risky, like how times change, right? Yeah. Um, wow. And also wanting to build a company in the US from the very beginning with limited resources and connections. That sounds more like 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 crazy to me now that I look back on yeah, it. Yeah, I was about to shit. Uh, so like... Calculated, I'm not sure, but uh, like, that plan and still walk the path. Uh, Shit. And, and that's the part of it, right? That's why I'm saying that I feel that uh, in, in America, everything, if you work hard enough, is possible. And uh, that's really why we also decided to, uh, to, to, to build a company in the US and uh, but we had to do it step by step. At every step of the way, we had to prove to people. Mm -hmm. It works. We know what exactly. We, we never had an investor come in and say, I'll give you $2 million just based on an idea and you'll show me things. Nah. We had to, even the first investment that we got, we had two months to build a product and generate revenue. So I had no time to actually think of what this product was going to look one, one year from now because I knew I had to build something in a month put users on it and prove that we can generate revenue. It was always step by step. Gotcha. Performing with that level of pressure though. Too much. You got 60 days to build the platform and find users. And you said you came to the US with limited resources, low brand awareness and lower collections. That's insane. That's insane. You know what I mean? Come on, man. I have the horn for that. That's 
That's crazy. So I, I would love to know too, bro. What was the biggest win early that you could remember that you was like, man, I'm on to something? Um, so we had from the very beginning, we had three customers from like early 2019 that actually charted the three paths that this product can go to, which was really interesting because it actually opened us. There were three. One of it was uh, 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 a grassroots advocacy organization that's called Demcast, that their sole mission was to get people to campaign online for issues. Mm, okay. And they were building this movement and they were using Google Docs. And then I, uh, uh, I actually, I got in touch with them because I was writing articles for Forbes at the time. And one of the articles went viral and I, I started looking at who were sharing. And I realized that there was really a community behind sharing that article. And I started speaking to the person who was leading that. And he was telling me, yeah, we have thousands of activists who are sharing content about issues online, the way you do it face to face. And that's one of mm -hmm. them. So I realized there is something there about online campaigning and word of mouth online that is, is growing. Yeah. The second one was one of my friends at the time was actually chief uh, uh, of marketing at a crypto company that in 2019 was really, really hot. And he wanted to find a way to get the word out. And he wanted to use his own customers to share about campaigns. He was like, could we use your platform for that? And then the third one was actually our first investor, Antler, that wanted to get their staff to post to encourage more people to apply to their entrepreneurship program. So we really have three clients. Wow that we were able to build a product with. And we realized that there were actually synergies in how these three very different customers were actually using the same product with the same goal in mind, which is generate organic engagement as a replacement or as a complement to advertising. They were like, we have a community, but it's, it's, uh, it's constrained in the online space. Mm. Right, word of mouth doesn't work the way it works face to face. What can we do to empower these people to create posts? And then we started building with them, understanding how, where this 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 uh, um, platform can go. Wow. Yeah, I'm like shit. I don't I don't know what the, I was gonna ask the crypto company. Please don't tell me it was FTX. No, no. <laughs> Please don't tell me it was FTX. They didn't, on, they didn't, know, they didn't need that. <laughs> I'm like, shit, man, they got enough press. Uh, no, I mean, yeah. wow. I, you know, it's, it's yeah, so I, I'm like, wow, yeah, we can well, go this way, that way. Yeah, that's what it really is. There's so many ways that you can go with this. Let me, let me just, let me just start it here. Let me just start it here. You opened a company. Let's start with the name itself. Socia, is that an actual acronym for the actual name of the computer program, right? Or is that a name that you developed and, and, and what made you come up with that? Oh, so we actually started with Speechify. Okay. So yeah. Speechif AI, so it was a play on words on uh, okay. on, on why. And okay. this was, that was really a tribute to where both Valentin and I were coming from, which is writing. Mm -hmm. Um as the company grew, and we just changed our name in September this year, actually, to Socia, that okay. stands for social sharing. Ah, there you go. Um, 
The reason for it is because being social online is more than just writing. And we had discussions about this before, right? People can express themselves online in so many different ways, through videos, through images, through voice. And going back to that vision of helping people express themselves and be as meet their expressive potential. There's so many ways to do this online and that's where the name is coming from. Um, I like that a lot. I, no, I, I I love it, you know, cause I was, I was just thinking about it. Cause I know like a lot of times devs, when they develop something, it's a very long fucking name. <laughs> it's just yeah. the artificial intelligence of the bala, you know what I'm saying? Not good with branding. Right, right. <laughs> that's why the military uses acronyms so much. Yeah. That's that's exactly what it is because the military uses so many contractors that develop all of these high end things, but you got to dumb it down for a grunt, right? Infantry to know what the hell you're talking about. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you, they, that's why the military always comes up with acronyms to shorten everything to make it so that you understand exactly what it is. But okay, so you guys, you guys started the company with one name realize we want to kind of rebrand because this is not the direction we want to go in. You change the name to Socia, right? And now you got your investments. The platform is, is up and running, right? You've gotten your feedback, right? You've gotten your feedback. So technically now you're in phase two. You're in phase two of the developmental process because now you've built your framework around the project. You started with your two your your your, your simple um, integration page that it took you two days to build, and you didn't have the framework around it. Now you have your framework around it, right? Yeah. So now walk us through what you're looking for now to take you into step three because you already have the interface, right? You already have the ability to generate the content, right? You already have the the ability for your computer program to differentiate between the different social media platforms. What are you looking for now to take Socia to stage three? Yeah, and maybe it's actually worth explaining briefly how Socia works now, right? Uh, So the need that we're solving and very similar to what we started with is we've we've noticed that organizations and companies uh, are struggling to break through in the online space. Right, so this is the problem that most marketers have. How do I make sure that my content breaks through? And the answer is user-generated content. And this is as old as time. If someone speaks to their friends about something they love, their friends will listen. It's the same thing in the, the online space. It's exactly the same thing. Right? 79% of people report that seeing content by their friends posted on social media influence their purchasing decisions. of people report that seeing user-generated content is much more impactful to them than when they see advertising. Yeah, gems. Um, Keep going. But the biggest problem is, is okay, in theory, we know that user-generated content is that valuable, but how do we create it? And that's the catch. Like, Creating valuable user-generated content is not just someone posting about the brand fully on their own because they may not be using the right hashtags. They might not be explaining the product right or the cause. They may be forgetting it's a donation campaign and you want to share about the donation drive, but you forget what the link is. 
So like there's so many ways this can go wrong when you do it on your own. Not to mention the fact that some people don't know how to post well on Instagram. They create something, they spend two hours trying to write it, compose it, and in the end no one sees them because the the Instagram algorithm uh, uh, prioritizes something else. So all of these issues, right? Also, the companies have problems tracking things. Okay, this engagement is generated. How do we know where it went and so on? So we've built a platform that is based on a very simple premise. Mm. A company can suggest draft social posts to their community members that these community members can then take, customize in their own language, optimize for the right social network, personalize that in their own voice, share it with their networks, and the company can track that engagement. Mm. Uh, yeah. It's a very simple premise. How we got to that is we've created a very easy way for these organizations to suggest these draft posts to their community members that can be embedded everywhere. They can embed it in a in a uh, in an article page. They can be shared through what we call a, a social share toolkit, a link with draft posts in an yeah. email, in an SMS, can be embedded in a in an email. Very easy to share these posts with your community members and then a very intuitive way to get these community members to then create their own post and share it with their networks. And the AI helps with that. The AI helps these humans navigate this world of algorithms mm. where they don't know, okay, how do I post on Facebook? How do I post on Instagram to generate engagement? How do I go through this process of creating my own post? It's really what taking this knowledge of a speechwriter that can help a president write and then creating an AI that can help every regular person express themselves on social media with input from that organization, which is also what the speechwriter does, but at a totally different level. Um, And yeah, we've launched it. uh, We've had up to now close to a million posts that were shared on on social media through our uh, uh, through our platform that generated around forty million dollars in marketing value. No, no, that deserves that air horn tutor. Oh, gotta give them the post. Come on, baby, keep talking, keep going. That, that deserves that. Gotta get. Um, and with some big names, we we recently launched a partnership with PR Newswire. That's the leader in uh, in uh, 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 the press release space. Uh, yep. We work with PepsiCo. Uh, we work with. Mm. Um, some big advocacy organizations, including Planned Parenthood. We work with the Biotechnology Innovation Organization. We work with Novavax, the vaccine company. Uh, so uh, different industries, the same need. How do we get our community members to share on social media and generate engagement in an authentic way, but also in a way that the company can actually benefit from? Because there's a relationship here between community members who are willing to share uh, and the organization who wants these people to actually be supported and uh, and uh, and track the engagement that these community members are generating on their behalf. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So the, go, you were going, right? You want to say? No, I was going to say it's a perfect segue to say that outside the box will also be partnering <laughs> with Socia because uh, for those who are listening that are aware of OTB, we do LinkedIn workshops, right? And so the way this works, so when we're going to LinkedIn workshops, we're teaching people how to, you know. Get their message out on social media how to how to be a better seller how to be more effective how to build relationships and revenue on social media right and now with the google and yahoo updates 
this shit is going to be this more important because they're going to stop with the spam and mass emails. So you're going to need personalization. So if you're an old traditional seller, like back in the day, that was selling a thousand emails out, those days are done. You are going to need a personal brand and you're going to need to be on social media and social will help you provide that by putting content out in a way that's approved by your legal team. And you could also add some customization at scale. So we will be teaching this. We will be teaching this. And we got cups too. We got we got brims. We got everything. Where's your cup, man? Because I was like, where the hell your cup? You had a green cup. Where's your cup, baby? I got my name on it. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie to you. I thought I brought this shit in last night. It was in the fucking trunk. You know I was out to like two in the month. I think I left the fucking cup in the trunk, man. Now that, now that was a perfect segue for that. I fucked up. I, I, I can do about it. Say I fucked up. You know what I'm saying? I was just gonna say. Um, I just was gonna say. <laughs> and you gave me the cup too. That's the fucking bad part about. It. I actually came and got the fucking cup, and I still don't. So it tastes so much better with the cup. <laughs> ball. I dropped the ball. My bad. I'm ashamed of myself. <laughs> oh, what I was gonna say. You for Christmas, so. <laughs> <laughs> order another one. Definitely ordering another one. <laughs> what I was gonna say was, um, oh, this is very important too, right? Can you explain the data retrieval and the and the analytics in real time, right? When they create this campaign, when they pump the campaign, how does social track in real time, and and how does it take the data? How quickly can they access this data like in real time is what I'm asking so that they can see if this thing is working very quickly? Yeah, so there's so when you speak of success, there's really three things here. Okay. Right? So let's take this uh, look at this process for a bit, right? So a company wants to promote a new product update, right? Mm -hmm. So they've, they have a write-up, they're publishing it as a press release, they're also putting it on their website. But now they're like, okay, we pitch journalists. Maybe they'll take it, maybe they'll not. But they, they really have this underutilized community, which is their own employees, maybe customers, right? So they want to give these people to share, right? Mm -hmm. So the first problem is, how do you create a draft post that is easily customizable, right? Mm -hmm. And our algorithm learns from the content that's being shared through our platform. So it looks at, okay, so these people are, Community members are choosing these posts, they customize it in this way, they share it. So when, uh, when a communicator comes to our platform, they can actually add an input text, which is even part of a press release, and then our algorithm creates draft posts. Mm. Now, the first important thing here is when they create that draft post and the, the communicator looks at them, do they say, hmm, this is on brand? because this is very important, right? It won't even go anywhere else. It won't even go to the sharers if our AI didn't create something that was on brand, something that these communicators could have done themselves if they had the time and the knowledge to actually create good shareable posts, right? Mm -hmm. So this is the first thing. We learn that by basically looking at whether communicators accept or disprove the posts that are being created. Mm. But then once they approve them, they send them to legal, legal comes back and say, this is fine. Then they upload them into these, we call them social share toolkits, these pages with draft posts that then the employees get or the partners at the company. Well, 
our analytics then track whether these posts are being used, right? Because these community members have the chance to actually say, I want to share this one or I want to share this one. Yeah. And we, all, we also look at whether they customize them before they share them. And that knowledge goes into creating better and better shareable posts because it's one thing to create a post for your own company and one thing to create a, a draft post for a, an individual to take and be like, hmm, this is something I'll share. Maybe I change it here and there because it's much more personal. It's totally a different thing. Yeah. And then once they share it, that's where the KPIs come in. Did these posts generate signups for product, more uh, uh, views on press releases, uh, and so on, right? And then we also track that engagement. We track whether these posts are generating impressions or whether they're generating clicks on those posts who go back to the customer's website, or even conversions, right? Let's say you have a sign-up for an event or want people to download a white paper. Uh, or even to buy a product. So we can track all of these metrics and our algorithm comes up with better and better predictions in terms of what does a successful post look like based on these different verticals of success. Mm. That's insane. Mm. As you're saying that too, bro, are you ever thinking about down the line licensing the tech for other sectors and other applications? Yeah, that's an interesting one. So our vision, like going back to the, the mission is to help people better express themselves online. Mm -hmm. That means becoming an infrastructure for social sharing and engagement, right? So the work we're doing with PR Newswire, our tech is the underlying technology in their own product. Mm -hmm. So it's not it's not being sold. Our app is being sold. There's also components of that, right? The main thing here is our technology powers social sharing. Wait, we something happened audio-wise. Uh, maybe that was some air or something. Uh, but we're good. We're, uh, missing oh, okay, just making sure. My bad. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that's the idea that this social sharing technology can then be embedded in many other software uh, uh, platforms for different different use cases to help communities share posts about the things they care about. Um, yeah. Like one application I'm thinking about off the top of my head would be Grammarly. Yeah. So it's actually a different uh, because so Grammarly, this is an interesting uh, uh, comparison. So Grammarly is focused a lot on traditional writing. Yes. Uh, right. So writers, you write books, you, you do things like that. Whereas we're much, we're focused on online content. How do you make online content shareable, which mm -hmm. is governed by different rules? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I love I Grammarly. I use I use Grammarly because um, you know I'm not the best speller. I always say it. Everybody has strengths, so I'm not the best speller. So when I was when I was in college and I was writing my papers, I used Grammarly to check my punctuation and my spelling. You know, just to make sure I don't make stupid mistakes. Because when you're in writing mode, you just kind of go. It's easier exactly. to kind of just do the draft and get everything out and then go back and correct things later than to kind of stop your momentum every time you see a mistake. You know what I mean? So I use Grammarly. I know a lot of college kids and, and students in general use Grammarly for their, their bodies of work writing-wise. Yeah. And now they're using ChatGPT. So what I'm saying is with the integration into Grammarly, instead of saying, hey, change this word or change this spelling, you know you would have a 95% rate or uh, open rate if you did this. You would have mm. this if you did that. You know what I'm saying? So it could be applied. 
It's just a simple API connection. But let, that me, makes sense. But let me ask you this question, though. Mm -hmm. Remember what colleges and a lot of schools do is they restrict you from using certain applications yes. that they know will do that for you because they feel like you're not doing the work anymore, right? Now, the question now is how do you get around that? See, but that's because it's integrated into right. Grammarly. You're right. only changing words and not the entire thing, right? right? So you're still right. your body of work, but I'm right. changing certain things. Instead of saying, what if you have there, there, there different, right? right? You're changing that. Okay, maybe you should change this word, right? It's a better use of context if you right. say this. That's because, all because social, but because social will take what you want to say and kind of put it into your own words, right? Exactly. exactly. So technically, let's just does social, and, and I'm curious to know. And I'm, I'm curious. Oh, yeah, he ready to pause now. <laughs> I'm just thinking because if something is just analyzing words and patterns, right? Uh -huh. and we're talking as a dev now, right? Programming sequence, right? Coding, right? Do, can social acknowledge the difference if I wrote something and uploaded it or if I chat GPT something and uploaded it? Does the program have the ability to differentiate? AI, AI detection. From, kind yeah, of. Does it have the ability to do that yet? So we don't, we, how the, the, and if this doesn't fully answer the question, you can just right. come back to it. Like it's, sure. so there are, there's, there's two paradigms in in AI. One of it is AI as replacing humans, which is the AI speaks like a human and actually performs the actions that the human can perform. The other one is augmentation, which is it just helps yeah. humans become better. So exactly. in our case, the way it works is the the communicators have a clear message to communicate. And our technology helps them condense that into social media posts. And then that's the AI component, right? But it's actually layered over the text that the initial people wanted to, that the communicators wanted to share. So it's a blend. But then those draft posts, again, go to humans, which is their employees, for instance, or their communities that then also change that and personalize that into their own ways. And then they share it. So it's actually an interesting mix of AI and humans who actually create these end versions of it, where it's very difficult to actually pinpoint, okay, what's AI, it's once humans, what's human, because there's so, so many different layers, right? So you have the communicators that think a lot about every word in that press release. Yeah. Then you have the AI turning that into social posts that use the initial language. But then you have humans again who take that draft post and then personalize it again into their own words, where it becomes very difficult to say, okay, this is AI and this is this is human because it's it's really a a, a, a mix, and that's what augmentation means. Message. Oh, you beat me to it. <laughs> beat me I, think, to I think that was the perfect way to explain it. That yeah, was it really the was. Way to explain it. It really was, man. It's, it's, it's the replacement versus we're not replacing, we're augmenting. Yeah. We're helping you to be better. I, I love it. Yeah. I, I actually do. And, and I, I just want to say, I know we're coming up on time too, Tudor, bro. I just want to say, one, you're effing brilliant, bro. And as I hear your story, I'm just curious, what does the mountaintop look for you? Because we ask all our guests this, right? What does success look like for you? How would you define it? Um. So... 
I would love, so there is a group of people in technology who are building products that are used by, by billions of people. Uh, mm-hmm. I, would, I would love to be able to contribute to that. I'd love to be able to contribute to, to, to helping humanity go move forward and be surrounded by people who are doing that. So my entire life, I've had to actually break through by having habits that no one else around me had. I would actually love to be surrounded by people that make it very easy to do innovative things. Mm. Uh, mm. Because once you get into a certain group of people, that's why like a lot of the people who are building products that are being used by billions of people actually know each other. Uh, there's these small communities like Silicon Valley here. Yeah, it's a very small community. But I think the key, the secret there is these people are quite similar. They have similar goals. And then it's very easy for them to, to then perform very well mm. because everyone around them does the, the, the same thing. It's very difficult to break through when you don't. So like that, that, that's what the mountaintop look, looks like for me. Method. Surrounded by these people and being able to build products that 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 are used by by millions and billions of people and uh, and that that create real value that that pushes humanity forward. And can I, I actually I have a two part after you said that, bro? So how do you, as a tech company, especially generative AI, how do you look at competitors like Chat GPT? And what are your thoughts of the Sam Altman going to Microsoft? So how do you view the tech space and how do you implement sales findings and how do you compete in that market? So I think I we, I don't see ChatGPT as a competitor. Actually, it's an infrastructure piece. Mm-hmm. My, my hot take is that ChatGPT itself, it was just a showcase. The real product is the API that then a lot of the tech companies are using. So there's mm-hmm. two million developers that are using uh, uh, the GPT technology right now. Uh, that's the real price. That's why that's why OpenAI had a dev day. They didn't have a people's day. They had a dev day. Uh, and they are, the reason for it is because this is a foundational layer that now a lot of startups like ours can actually use to build on top and build for very specific use cases. So mm. that, I don't think that's a competitor. Actually, now mm. the, 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 the race is how do you understand where the technology is going and how do you use the, these developments to actually build products that can build uh, bring value in a very narrow use case which for us is is uh, is uh, 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 digital engagement and organic social and also there we start with two very specific areas we focused on uh, on b2b companies specifically in highly regulated industries and boring industries that can actually generate a lot of engagement. Uh, they, they're not used to thinking that what they're doing is sexy, but actually they have great communities that can help them generate a lot. And advocacy organizations, which is the same thing. They have big communities. They usually need to think twice of, do we have money for advertising or we don't? And they can actually use this uh, um, organic engagement as, uh, as an amazing boost to what they're doing. Absolutely. There it goes. And I just want to add for all you B2B employee advocacy, all you B2B companies that are using employee advocacy to scale your programs, to scale your brand awareness, 
we will be teaching these things, all right? Because a lot of a lot of times people just think just sharing it is just enough and it's not enough. I was at Hootsuite where we would have 500 people sharing the same exact message and the same thing and it had an adverse effect. I would get DMs from people saying, holy shit, if I see one more post from you guys, I'm going to unfollow. So it's not just enough to share the post, but you also have to have a strategy behind it. Let the people be themselves, right? Obviously, in highly regulated industries like banking and, and tech, or if you're insurance or things like that, you can't. You have to be very careful with what you say. But if you're selling a tech software, if you're a sales company, if you're a marketing agency, let your guard down. Let the creativity shine in, and that's how you're going to really win. And we will be teaching this at OTB, and we'll be utilizing social as a way to get that done for your brand. Had to had to go ahead and let that competitors coming in. Let the competitors <laughs> trying to get us. My, listen, <laughs> my, my, my boy pardon over there. He's pardoning. You know what I mean? Um, it. I think I, I'm, I'm. You know what? I'm. I'm excited because. Really? <laughs> I'm money, excited. Money, money, money. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm joking with you. <laughs> I'm excited because, for a creator, right? Mm -hmm. I'm thinking on a creative standpoint, right? Think of uh -huh. this. You have a great product, but you don't know how to bring it to the masses, right? With with social or a product like social, now it can help you word this thing properly. It can help you give you the missing link that you need to kind of like have a successful post. I think it's just going to be a time before it's like battle of the viral. Like, that's what I think it's going really to get to. Like, I really think it's going to get to a point where people are going to have so much technology and, and, and resources to help them build almost like the perfect fucking post that almost everything's going to be fucking viral. Let's keep it all the way real that you're there. The yeah. problem is with a lot of B2B companies, your content sucks. Yeah, that, that's I, the first I part. I want to say, I want to say. This is why we created OTB Digital. Method. Our goal, there you go. Our goal is to help B2B companies be more creative and take the, the, the road less traveled. Everybody has the same marketing, the same everything, and that's what we want to do at OTB. We've got we've got more impressions than some major brands. It's by being outside the box, y'all. And that's what we're going to do. But the thing is, marketing teams, you need to create better content. If you need better content, you come to OTB and you get your content right so your employees want to share what the hell you have. I don't want to share no boring crap about CEOs talking at some conference that I'm not even invited to and four people from the company are going to and now they got a paid expense trip. I don't. I, I wish I would share that shit. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Jared Thomas, CRO of OTB Digital, understand one thing and never forget this. I keep some love. <laughs> <laughs> y'all. Your content is trash. <laughs> yeah, I mean, every time they come to me, they got to be like, hey, Jared, can you look at my contact? Hate it. <laughs> I, I hate all your content. I hate that shit. That's why you social. But, oh, he's, out of, he's out of control, Tudor. He's out of control. He's out but of control. That, that's actually so. I think like it's okay. Like so, the the problem here is the the algorithms are changing so quickly. Yep. Mm -hmm. That it's very difficult to know what's good content and what's bad content, right? Mm. So. Like what's good content in a paper newspaper, yeah. right? That gets, uh, I'm not even sure if this is happening anymore that uh, gets thrown at your doorstep every day. It's different than what that what a good LinkedIn article looks like or what a blog article looks like. And then people need to 
be taught these things and that's why the the work that you guys do is uh, is super super important because this is something that needs to be taught uh, and- absolutely and that's why we're, we're honored to partner with you brother first of that's all we're honored to call you a friend man we're yep. honored to to just see your journey man because what you're doing is incredible. And if nobody's telling you, I'm pretty sure people are, we're going to tell you what you're doing is incredible. Maybe. How you've been able to bet on yourself. There's people back in your home country that are seeing what you're doing and saying, I can make it out and I can be whatever the hell I want is because of the path that you took. So that's a big deal, man. And we really want to celebrate you, brother. And we are honored to have you on, man. Really. Seriously. I'm excited to be a part of the journey. I'm not even going to lie. I'm excited to be a part of the journey because I, I really can see where this thing is going to go. And when it gets there, it's really going to help change people's lives. I think you're already on the path of creating something that's going to be used by millions and billions of people. I'm just being honest with you. You might not be able to see it right now because it's like a cook that that doesn't want to taste his own cooking, right? Because you cook so much, you kind of get tired of your own shit. Because you're creating (laughs) it, you're inside, you're you're not able to see the effect that it's having because your head is down because you're working so much. But I think it's already affecting millions of people. It's out there. It's working. And I just, I'm ready for this thing to just, you know, go so that we can get it to a point where this thing can be a complete game changer. That's it. That's it. And that's where we're going, brother. So with with that being said, man, you have an invite. First of all, you're coming to New York, aren't you soon, bro? Yes. Yeah. In a couple of weeks. So. All right. So, so Wait, we're, hold we're on. Really if he doesn't, are you still in D.C.? No, I'm 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 in Europe at the moment. I'm in Austria. Okay, I'm about to say because if not, we'll be in DC maybe in like two weeks. So just in case, you know, it was almost like a, a two part. <laughs> we'll come to well, New York, we'll catch you in DC. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was in DC last week, uh, but yeah, uh, gotcha. but coming to, to 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 New York at the beginning of December. So okay, it can happen, man. We'll go to a restaurant. We'll break some bread, man. We'll share Yay. some with person, man. And like I said, man, to honor, um, if, let the people know where, where they can find you, man, and where they could uh, you know learn more about Socia. Yeah, so uh, it's a simple URL, uh, socia.ai, S-O-S-H-A dot A-I. Uh, and uh, also they can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, and yeah, if any ideas, if you have, you're curious uh, about how you can uh, uh, leverage organic engagement uh, for your company or for your organization, this chat. Uh, I think I really love having conversations about very specific use cases. Because mm-hmm. we actually have a lot of uh, examples of successful uh, orgs and companies, so uh, yeah, really interesting uh, to, to get feedback. And because we're in process building, like a product building, that's it. Tech product never stops, right? And then you can always need to get that feedback in. So that's it. It's all feedback. Well, kind of crazy right now. You know what? Because here we go. Uh oh. Because digital is different. Because more than a title, we do something that no no other no other podcast is doing. We giving back right now on a show for the first couple of companies that reach out to Tudor that um, want to use the product and are serious about learning about the product. OTB digital more than the title will be um, teaming up with Tudor and we will make sure that we will help train your team to understanding what they need to do so that they can utilize this product properly. That's step one. Step two, if you're really serious about it, once you get going, we will also make ourselves available to you and we can talk about how that'll work to doing follow-ups. 
to making sure that your guys continually understand the the upgrades and stuff that social will go through and to always keep you guys connected we doing it right here you heard it first more That's than the type of o2b we'll show you we're gonna do webinars we're gonna webinars. have all of that stuff because once again it's one thing to have the tool but That's it's right. one thing to have somebody that executed it there you go right you need somebody to execute it the tech will only help you like you said it's the blend of human and tech right. You need that blend, guys. And what we're selling is our story and inspiration in a bottle because we have executed this and sold millions of product and created a successful six-figure business from our couches utilizing yeah. our brand. Just understand that that is a, that's almost a free workshop that we're offering. Absolutely. Right? Free workshop that we're offering and or some type of a mentorship program for your company. Contact Tudor. Contact Socia. Let's sit down and talk about it. For the ones that are serious, we will help you make it happen. That's and it. I'll just I'll just uh, add to that. And uh, if folks use this discount code on Socia OTB twenty twenty three, they'll also get a twenty five percent discount for. Oh free. man! Oh man! We need, send me the link before we before we before we do. We're gonna make sure we send the link and put it up on the screen and all. Absolutely. So and you guys are getting a discount. No, nowhere else are they doing this. No other podcast is giving back the way we're giving back. That's what we do here on more than a title. Tudor, we appreciate you, King, for coming on. That's and I, I'm telling you, you inspired me. So I know that other people are gonna listen to your story. I promise you, there is a young kid right now that is gonna hear your story and you are gonna change his life immediately. Be proud of that. Even if you never meet him in life, just understand that if you change his life, it's a domino effect. Effectively, he can change his family's life and the culture will change eventually with the title, man. And, and for all your marketers. Also, no, I was gonna say you can start. When I come to New York, uh, maybe uh, this time or next time, also look forward to, to to meeting your sons and to speak more about like a lefty's experience. <laughs> oh, we'll bring him. I would love let's no all jokes aside, I would love. My oldest son is a techie. We're actually going to get him enrolled into um, the, uh, one of my alma mater colleges for tech. He wants to be a dev. I would be honored if you would have a conversation with him. Absolutely. Jared's son, Jared's son uh, youngest son, he's into podcasting. He's highly, even though he's only like five, yeah. highly intelligent. We would love for you to have conversations with our kids. Absolutely. Give them some knowledge. Because guess what? You cannot lose when you're talking to somebody intelligent. You only learn and can get better. So That's we it. love the opportunity. That's it, man. And yeah. then for all you marketers doing whack shit, just remember, man. <laughs> Hate it. <laughs> and, and listen, and listen, though, we we we, we letting y'all know because a lot of you drag your fucking feet. So we gave you the mentorship. We gave you extensively the discount code program but this is only for the the series this is only for the series. we're not chasing you this is first come first serve basis this is in the stage that social is in right now and if you don't get it now and you drag your feet and try to wait to quarter one quarter two and you see what it is and then you want to jump on board just remember yesterday's price is not today's price yeah and you'll be looking like this <laughs> looking like, you'll be looking like that. Like, why did I miss out on the opportunity? This is your chance, that guys. That code don't work no more. It don't work. Nope. You, you actually owe us 15%. <laughs> <laughs> but you already know, man, too, the man. We, we much love and respect, brother. Love it, man. Thank you again, man. Thank you for the fans for listening. And we'll see you guys next week. And happy holidays to all. We will see you guys.
just want it all.